All right. So last week we began in Luke 5, and I'd like to look at Luke 5, uh, verse 1 in the New King James. And so it was as the multitude pressed about to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. And of course, we said boats, the best place for a boat to be is on the water. The best place for nets, where is it? To be in the sea, drop down, full of the fish that is in the sea. Amen. And then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's. Whose boat was it? Simon's. And he asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. What did he teach? He taught the Word. And as the Word came, what was rising in their hearts? Faith. Because faith comes by hearing. And verse 4, when he had stopped speaking, he said, now you've got faith. Now it's time to put your faith into action. It's time for you to believe me what I have promised, what I have been saying. And he said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a great catch. And we said, that is like letting go and letting God. How many of you remember that? And we kind of ended there. And then verse 5 says, but Simon answered and said, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. I'm not going to let reason and intellect, I'm not going to let the confusion and the chaos round about me. He said, and she said, and they said, and the politicians said, and the economists said, and did you hear this? And did you hear that? I'm not going to listen to all of that. Nevertheless, at your word, nevertheless, at your word. How many of you know that God always has the last word to say? He always has the last word to say. His word is final. Hallelujah. And the Bible says, and when they had done this, when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. Hallelujah. That sounds like Limitless 2019. Can I get an amen? Bump your neighbor and say, neighbor, that sounds like Limitless 2019. That sounds like my business. That sounds like my finances. That sounds like my marriage. That sounds like God's anointing on my life. And so they signal to others, hallelujah, to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. That's Limitless 2019. That out of the overflow and the surplus and the abundance, hallelujah, you will be a blessing to Durban. You will be a blessing to your neighborhood. You will be a blessing to people in that workplace. Your boss will look at you and, and realize that without you, that business is not blessed. With you, the business is blessed. Without you, the business is not blessed. Hallelujah. Bump your neighbor and say, neighbor, that sounds like limitless 2019. And so we said that this is what really launching out into the deep is letting go and letting God. Amen. And if we're going to experience limitless 2019, it begins with letting go and letting God. Hallelujah. I want to declare over you, over all four campuses, that God has got some amazing things in store for you. And the only way to get those is to let go and let God. Can I get an amen? amen? And letting go and letting God is simply just doing what the master bids you to do. 
It is simply doing the will of God. And I ended up by saying that God's will may not be an easy way, might not be an easy way, but it is the best way. Look at your neighbor and say, friend, doing God's will, friend, doing God's will might not be easy. As a matter of fact, it probably will, will be hard and difficult, but it is the best way. It is the best way. Why? Because it will bring you smack bang into the very center of God's will for your life. Can I tell you, there's no better place than for you to be in the very center of God's will. It's not about a geographical location. It's not about going to some high mountain. It's not about going into some forest. It's not about because the climate is too cold and I need warm climate and I need more friendly people. It don't matter where you are in this whole wide world. That really is irrelevant. The most relevant thing is, are you in the center of God's will? You can be camped by the river Amazon and, and, and have no Nobody there, birds and parrots and whatever else and snakes and mosquitoes and whatever else is there. But if you are in the very center of God's will, you will be fulfilled. Every provision will be met. Why? Because you are in the very center of God's will. And why is that important? I'll tell you why it's important to be in the center of God's will. Because it will help you to fulfill God's purpose for your life. Look at somebody, look at them in the eye and say, God has a purpose for your life. I need you to look at somebody right across the campuses, there in Hillcrest, in Phoenix, in Galway, right here. Look at somebody right now and tell them, friend, God has a purpose for your life. You will never find that purpose until you are in the very center of God's will. The best place that you can be is where? In the center of God's will. Can I get an amen in this place? Look at what David had to say in Psalm 143 and 10. He said, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. David prayed and said, Lord, the most important thing for my life is to let go and let God. The most important thing in my life is to launch out into the deep and let my nets down for the greatest catch. I've got to let go and let God. I've got to get into the very center of God's will for my life. Can you say amen? You know I'm saying that because in order for any child of God to succeed in this life, how many people of God do we have here? Do you know that it's God's desire for you to succeed? Hallelujah. Too much blood was shed on the cross of Calvary for you and I to lead an average life. Average is not the best that God has. He sent his best for you and I so that we could be more than conquerors, so that we could live a successful life. And in order for you and I to be successful in this life, it's imperative that we fulfill the will of God. Hallelujah. Jesus' ministry was successful. If you don't believe in success, look at Jesus' ministry. 
He trained for 30 years, and then three and a half years, his ministry exploded. It was dynamic. It was sensational. You can't look at Jesus and say his ministry was average or below average or mediocre. It was successful. Hallelujah. Can you say amen? He did what no other man ever did. He preached like no other man ever preached. He spoke like no other man ever spoke. He loved like no other man ever did. He healed like no other man ever did. He forgave like no other person ever did. And he did this not because he was the son of God. He was. But everything he did wrapped up in that body of flesh, he did it as the son of man, which is the reason why he needed the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. But what is important to note is that Jesus came to do the will of the Father. He was smack bang in the middle of God's will for his life. The Bible tells us, hallelujah, Jesus was successful because he came to do the will of the Father. That's why his ministry flourished. When, when you are in the middle of God's will, your business will flourish, irrespective of what's happening worldwide. It's immaterial. You can take cognizant of that and be aware of it, but if you are in the middle of God's will, and you have let go and let God, God overrides. The will of God will override the chaos. The will of God will override the poverty. The will of God will override the lack of employment or whatever difficulty it is that you are up against. Can you say amen? So Jesus came to do the will of the Father, Hebrews 10 and 7. It says that, then I said, behold, I have come, yeah? In the volume of the book, it is written of me. What? To do your will, O God. And then verse 9 also says, Behold, I have come to do your will. And if Jesus came to do the will of the Father, then how about you and I fulfilling the will of God for our life? Because the Bible says, 1 John 4, 17, As he is, so are we in this world. Can you say amen? So we are just following Jesus. Look at somebody and tell them, I'm doing what Jesus did. If Jesus came to do the will of God, if Jesus came to do the will of God, then I am here to do the will of God. And look at somebody and say, and you are here to do the will of God. Hallelujah. That is paramount. Paramount to whatever plans you have, whatever dreams you have, whatever aspirations you have, that will coincide, if it is the right thing, will coincide with the will of God. You can't have the will of God on one side and what you want to do on the other side. It's not going to work. That's why you have to let go and let God. And when you let go and let God, whatever it is that you desire, whatever plan you have for your business, your ministry, your children, your family, coincides with the will of God. And the best place for you to be in is in the will of God. Look at somebody right now, right across the campus and say, friend, the best place for you to be in is in the will of God. Say it one more time. Friend, the best place for you to be in is in the will of God. Now, I'm going to share some things with you about what can you expect when you let go and you let God. What can you expect when you now purpose 
Not my will, but your will be done. Number one, I can tell you, you can expect a relationship with God that nobody else has. Can I get an amen? Amen. Jesus spoke to Peter and said, Peter, I need you to hear me. Your boat is there stranded on the shore. You are busy fixing your nets when they should be out there working for you. Your money should be out there multiplying for you. Hallelujah. But if you will listen to what I am telling you, come on, Peter, I need you to let go and let God. And Peter did. And can I tell you that from that day on, Peter had a special relationship with Jesus that nobody else had. Now we know that Jesus had 12 disciples and Peter was one of them. Peter was chosen and called by God. But out of the 12, there were three that were extra special. And they were Peter, James, and John. Hallelujah. But let me just show you how it was that Jesus had a special relationship with Peter because he dared let go and let God. He dared to say, God, you know what? My reason is telling me I fished you all night. I know the waters. Mm. But anyways... That's immaterial. Whatever you want right now for my life, whatever you want right now for my marriage, whatever you want for my business, 2019, I'm going to let go of what others have said and what other plans I might have. Whatever it is that you want me to do, I am going to fulfill your will for my life. Listen how it is that Peter had a special relationship. One day Jesus was telling people that that he was the bread which came down from heaven. In John 6, when you read uh, the Gospel of John. And do you know that many of the Jewish leaders were offended? They began to complain. But Jesus didn't stop there. He went further. And he said, I'm not only the bread of heaven, I am the bread of life. Hallelujah. And that got the religious people even more incensed. And then Jesus didn't stop there. He pushed the envelope even further. And then in John 6 and 51, it says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. (gasps) If anyone eats of this bread, oh, now now people's wheels are coming off. He will live forever. And the bread that I shall give to you is my flesh. What? That sounds like cannibalism. My goodness which I shall give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore quarreled among themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, that unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, my God, he first wants us to eat his flesh, now he wants us to drink his blood. Is this guy crazy? Come on, verse 5, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up in the last day. For my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He who eats my, I mean, that sounds like cannibalism to me. Can you say amen? And then look, when he goes on to verse 60, it says, therefore, not only the Jewish people were fuming, I mean those religious demons were manifesting like crazy, but his disciples, therefore many of his disciples were offended. It says, when they heard this, they said, man, I, 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 don't, know, I don't know if this man is, 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 I don't know if the lift goes all the way to the top. I think there's a couple of cards missing in the pack here. 
I mean, he's telling us to eat his flesh and drink his blood. Oh, my God. What has this ministry come to? Huh? That even the disciples were offended, were offended. Come on. And verse uh, 61, when Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? Launching out into the deep and letting out your neck might offend your reason and your intellect and your status quo. Who cares? Hallelujah. Don't let it offend you and get pride in the way. Whatever he tells you to do, that's what you do. Amen. Look now. It is a spirit who gives life. And he goes on. He talks. And, and, and verse 66. Track with me. Verse 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Ah, I don't think I can let go and let God, Jesus. Oh, I don't think you've asked me a hard thing to do. No, it's hard if your will and your plan and your flesh and your carnality is in the way. Get that out of the way. Then Jesus said to the 12, do you also want to go away? But look who it is that responds. Peter. Why? Because he had a special relationship with God that nobody else had. And Peter said to him, Lord. To whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Hallelujah. Simon Peter answered him. Why? Because he had a relationship with Jesus that nobody else had. Why? Because way back at the lake of Gennesaret, when Jesus said to him, come on, let go and let God, he said, aye, aye, sir. This is what I'm going to do. My reason's telling me something else, but your word is too strong on the inside of me. I got a word in my heart that is stronger and bigger and greater than the world, than the word that is outside in the world. And I'm going to do your word. I'm going to be smack bang in the center of God's will. How about when Jesus came along in Matthew 16, said, who do people say that I am? Now some say you're John the Baptist. Others say you, 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 you're Elijah. You're Elijah or one of the prophets. Mm. Okay, uh, it's good, but it's not good enough. Who do you say that I am? Looking at all the 12. I'm looking at all the 12. I'm looking at one steps forward. Who was the person that steps forward? Simon Peter. He said, I believe that you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. Because way back at the lake of Gennesaret, when I issued a command and I declared for my will to be done, you didn't hesitate. You put your trust, even when you had a million reasons why you ought not to and why you should not to, you, you, you allowed my word, my will to prevail, and you let go and let God. Bump your neighbor and tell them, let go and let God. Come on, let go and let God. When you let go and let God, you will have a relationship with Jesus that nobody else has. Can I get an amen? amen. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? What about on the day of Pentecost? They were up in that room praying in the Spirit. Suddenly, there's a sound as of a mighty rushing wind, and they all begin to speak in 
in, in other tongues. They go down into the city of Jerusalem, and there is the beginning of revival. Who is it that gets up and says, now these men are not drunk as you suppose? This is that which was prophesied by the prophet Joel. Who said those words? Simon Peter. Why? Because he had a relationship with Jesus that nobody else had. Why? Because he let go and he let God. He said, not my will, but I'm going to do the will of God. Bump your neighbor and say, let go and let God. Hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? Look at what Jesus had to say about this. In Matthew 12, 47, then one said to him, look, your mother and your brothers are standing outside seeking to speak with you. But he answered and said to the one who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And he stretched out his hand toward the disciples and said, here are my mother and my brothers. Now look at verse 50. For whoever does the will of God of my Father in heaven is my brother and my sister and my mother. In other words, he was saying, when you get into the will of God, into the very center of God's will, you will have a special relationship with God Almighty. Can I get an amen? Number two, what, what benefit is it for you to let go and let God and get into the will of God? Number two, you develop a heart for God and for the things of God. You can't just have a heart for God and not have a heart for the things of God. Then I doubt very much whether you do have a heart for God. If you have a heart for God, you will have a heart for the things of God, for the work of God. Can I get an amen in this place? Look at what the Lord spoke about David in Acts 13, 22. And when he had removed him, he raised him from them. David as king to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart who will do all my will. When you let go and you let God, you develop a heart for God and a heart for the things of God. Can you say amen? Look at Ephesians 6 and 6. It says they're not with eye service as men pleases, but as bond servants of Christ. You and I are bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. How many of you can see when you let go and you let God, when you launch out into the deep and let your nets out, you develop a heart for God and for the things of God. Can I get an amen? amen. Number three, what else? What, what other benefit? Is there another benefit, Pastor? Absolutely. You become God's own special treasure. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you let go and let God, when you launch into the deep, when you say, God, not my will, but your will be done. If we're going to have Limitless 2019, we're going to have to let go and let God. It has to be God's way or no way. Look at Malachi 3, verse 14. You have said, it is useless to serve God. And what profit is it if we keep his ordinances? In other words, what profit is it if we do the will of God and we walk gloomily as if in mourning apparel before the Lord of hosts? And now we consider the proud when we look around and the arrogant to be happy and favored. Evildoers are exalted and prosper, yes. And when they test God, they escape unpunished. Then verse 16 says, those who feared the Lord. 
How many people do we have here who fear the Lord? In Phoenix, in Hillcrest, in Galway, how many people fear the Lord? Then those who fear the Lord talked often one to another. And the Lord listened and heard it. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who reverenced and worshipfully feared the Lord and who thought on his name. That's another way of saying people who let go and let God, people who launched out into the deep and let down their nets, people who said, God, it's not about my will, it's about your will. Now look at verse 17, and God says, and they shall be mine, and they shall be whose? God's, and they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. In that day, when I publicly recognize and I openly declare them to be my jewels, my special possession, my peculiar treasure. Hallelujah. Some of you need to take that scripture in the Amplified and underline it and go home and meditate on it the whole week. He says, listen, you shall be mine, and I will publicly recognize and openly declare you to be my jewel, my special possession, my peculiar treasure. Hallelujah. And I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Can you say praise the Lord? Can you give me a bigger praise the Lord? You remember when Jesus asked who people say that I am? Let's look at that in Matthew 16. Peter says, you are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus said in verse 17, blessed are you, Simon. Blessed are you who? Simon. Simon in the Greek means a reed. You're a little reed. You're a little pipsqueak, actually. And a reed, when the wind blows, that's what happens to the reed. It's this way, then it's that way. One morning you this, you're like a reed, just whatever, which, whoever's saying something, people are ugly to you, oh, and you're going that way. People are talking negative, and you're going that way. You're like a reed. He said, you are Simon. You're a little pipsqueak, actually. I called a pipsqueak to come and help me in this ministry, Jesus said. He said, but let me tell you something. Simon Peter, uh, where is it? The, for flesh and blood has not revealed you. Verse 18, and I also... Today, Peter, say to you that you are no longer Simon. You are no longer pipsqueak. You are no longer a little reed. You are no longer a nobody. You are no longer the son of the father of the uncle who was an alcoholic who lost everything. That when you look up poverty in the dictionary, there's your name next to it. You are no longer that person. But I tell you, I am publicly declaring, I am openly recognizing you today to be my Petros. Hallelujah. You are my rock. Hallelujah. In other words, what was Jesus saying? He was saying, listen, because you obeyed at the Lake Genezareth and you launched out and you let go and you let God, I will publicly today recognize and openly declare that you are no longer little pipsqueak, little Simon, little reed that's blown and shaken by all kinds of winds of adversity, but you are Peter. 
You are Petros, hallelujah. You are my jewel. You are my own special possession. You are my own peculiar treasure. Can you say amen? Come on. When you let go and let God and you do the will of God, God promises that he will publicly recognize you and openly declare you to be his jewel, his own special possession, his own peculiar treasure. If you believe that, give the Lord a praise offering. Hallelujah. I want you to lift your hands this morning and say, Heavenly Father, when I let go and I let God and I do the will of God that you promise to publicly recognize me and openly declare that I am your jewel. I am your own special possession. I am your own peculiar treasure in the name of Jesus. Come on, right now, lift your hands. Give the Lord a praise offering if you believe that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Not only do you have a special relationship with God when you do the will of God. Not only will you develop a heart for God and the things for God. But number three, God says, I will publicly recognize you. And I will openly declare in front of your enemies. How many of you know what Psalm 23 says? In the midst of your enemies. God prepares a table. Hallelujah. Why? Because you dare to let go and let God. You dare to launch out into the deep in the midst of controversy and economy chaos and government chaos all over the world and banking chaos and unemployment chaos and poverty chaos and no jobs chaos all of the you dared believe me and put your trust in me therefore hallelujah I will publicly declare and openly recognize that you are my jewel my own special treasure my own peculiar possession can you say amen? amen? Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your word that's come to us. We don't want to do anything that's not of you. I pray today, God, that you would imprint, that you would brand this word. Fire brand this word upon the hearts of every man and woman, even in every campus, Phoenix and Lord Hillcrest and Galway and right here people watching by way of live stream I pray I pray God that we would be a people that have a relationship with you that nobody else has that God you would give us a heart for God and the things of God and that we would be your own special treasure simply because we refused to be overwhelmed by the systems of this world Simply because we refuse to hear and believe what they say and she says and he said. But we chose to believe you instead and to put our trust in you and our hope and our confidence in you. I pray today, my God, that there would be a people that would fully let go and fully let God.
that the best place for us to be, the most safest place, the most secure place, the most prosperous place, the most favorable place is the place right smack bang in the center of your will. In Jesus' name. If you believe that, say amen this morning. I've got three more points which I'm going to do next Sunday with you, all right? We're going to look at that next Sunday. But right now, with every heart uh, open, every head bowed, every eye closed this morning, let me tell you, friend, you try and do it your hard way, like Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. When you do it your way, it's going to be, it's going to come to a dead end. Let me tell you. You'll come to the end of your life and you'll look and everything you've got is but sand, turns to sand. There's only one way, God's way, no other way. There's only one way, God's way, no other way. Some of you have been running and you're running hard, doing it your way. And you know what? You've run out of steam. You've run out of ideas. You've given it all you got, and you've looked back, and you say, my God, this is how much, this is how much further I've come, because I did it my way. And it consumed you. It took a toll on your body. It took a toll on your mind. It took a toll on your finances. It took a toll on your marriage. Hello? I was talking to a friend of mine who, who doesn't serve God. And he's in the restaurant business, very successful, extremely successful, just chatting to him. I said, how's it going? No, it's going great. Yeah, and how's everything else going? Well, he said, you know, I'm no longer with my wife. We've been divorced. He said, but the other thing is that, you know, my daughter, I lost all my time with my daughter. She's now 18, 19, and... What I would do to go back when she was three, four, five, six, ten, twelve. And man, what I would do to just be able to devote my time with her, to spend time with her. But I was consumed by this business. And not only that, but he almost died because of the health problems. See, when you do it your way, it takes a huge toll on your life. Let me tell you right now. That's why Jesus came. I mean, they did whatever they did, and their boats were on the shore. They were fixing their nets. Why? Because when you do it your way, your boats will take a toll. Your nets will take a... What, what you were meant and designed to do will be put on hold. Giftings and talents are placed on hold because you're doing it your way. And there are those of you that have rebelled against God. And I'm not here to judge you. Hear me this morning. I'm here today to tell you that you can come back to God. You can come back doing God's will. Let me tell you, He gives you the grace for it. It might not be the easy way. But listen, nothing worthwhile is never easy anyways. Nothing worthwhile is easy. Anybody tells you that... A good marriage is, I'll put 5%. I mean, I'm, a, I'm hardly at home. We have a great marriage. 
Yeah, right. You're going to have to put hard work in. The business that you own, well, I'm hardly there, you know. How's the business doing? Well, we've just had to foreclose and I've just had to, you know, go on to business rescue. Exactly. Nothing worthwhile is going to come easy. But here's the difference. God gives you the grace. He anoints you. He strengthens you. He gives you a supernatural wisdom. He carries you supernatural, supernaturally on His wings so that you don't have to feel the toll in your body, in your mind. Come on. What did Jesus say to the people that He gave talents to when He spoke about the parable of the talents? He said, to the one I gave five, to the other I gave two, to the other I gave one. And the five, what did he do? He went and multiplied. I, I bet you it wasn't an easy thing. It was the best thing. And what did Jesus say to him? Well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful with a little. Now I'm going to give you the more. And then what did Jesus say? Enter into the joy of the Lord. <laughs> See, when you are in the will of God, you're not going to be doing the will of God, brother. I'm a martyr. I'm, you know, I'm so, look at my knees, how callous they are. Doing the will of God. No, He gives you joy. He carries you. He gives you the grace, and grace is the great enabler. Today, I'm encouraging you. Today, I'm going to pray for you. You're out of the will of God. You know that your life is not right with God. But today you can come back to Jesus. It's God's way or no way. Come on, friend. Come on. You can come the way that you are. Those of you that are here in Hillcrest, Phoenix, Galway, God loves you. I don't care how badly you turned your back. I don't care how badly you fell. I don't care how badly you sinned. God wants you, and He has a purpose for your life. And that purpose is fulfilled when you embrace the will of God. And you say, God, I'm not going to do it my way. I'm not going to sing Frank Sinatra's song no longer. No, 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 no. I did it God's way. I'm going to sing like that. Huh? Right now, with every head bowed, every eye closed. You can come to Jesus this morning. Friend, He loves you. He's waiting for you. He's ready to welcome you. Ready to forgive you of all of your sins. That's the Jesus that we serve. And right now, there are many in this place watching by way of live stream. In the various campuses that God is tugging at your heart because you've been singing, I did it my way. And God wants you to sing, I did it God's way. God's way or no way. And you can't have one foot in and one foot out and say, I'm in the will of God. You're in the worst place to be, brother, let me tell you. The worst place to be is one foot in and one foot out. You would be better off being totally in the kingdom of darkness than having one foot in and one foot out. But I believe there are those of you today watching that are ready to put both feet in.
Come on, we're going to do it God's way. 2019, it's going to be about letting God, letting go and letting God. With every head bowed right now, I want to pray for you. Nobody looking. This is between you and God. And where you are, you say, Pastor, that's me. Uh, that's me. You're talking to me. I'm burning with a fever because I feel God is talking to me. Then right where you are, I want to pray for you. Just lift your hand so that I can see your hand. This is not to embarrass you. God bless you, sir. Anybody else, quickly lift your hand up right now. Lift your hand so that I know to pray across the campuses. Thank you. I see that in the back. In the Galloway campus, in the Hillcrest campus, in Phoenix campus. Lift your hand up one more time. Say, here's my hand, Pastor. Would you pray for me? God bless you, ma'am. I see that hand. Anybody else? God bless you. I see that hand right now. Many hands have gone up right across the campuses. Those of you that are watching online, I know we can't see your hand. But God sees that hand. And for all of you that have lifted your hands, I want us across the campuses, across the airwaves, I want us to pray this prayer. I want everybody to help them pray. Would you say after me, Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I come to you today come in, to Jesus you name, in Jesus' name, just as I am. With all of my faults, all of my failures, and all of my sin, I'm sorry for doing things my way. But from today, I let go and I let God. I open my heart and I invite you, Jesus. With my heart, I believe. And with my mouth, I confess that you are the Christ the Son of the living God. You died for me. And today you receive me. And I receive you. You love me. And I love you. And I will forever be yours. My life will never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Let's give all of those that prayed that prayer a big God bless you. Wonderful. And then we want to hand back to the various campuses right now, Hillcrest and Phoenix. Let's put our hands together and give them a big God bless you. Wonderful. Don't forget tonight, Soak meeting 5 p.m. Amen. God bless you. Those of you that are here, stand to your feet, and we're going to pray. Father, I thank you for this word. God, once again, let it burn in the hearts of men and women. As we go, we go blessed. In Jesus' name.